I'm grateful that God's good and he's kind and he designed sex and we get to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's, that's super cool. Right. It could just simply be for procreation. Um, and uh, thankfully, you know, it's not just for yeah, that. That's right. Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Rachel, and I'm so grateful that you've taken time today to invest in yourself, to grow in your purpose. And we are so excited about the series that we're in this month and what we're talking through. So before we get into that, we just want to remind you to like and subscribe uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast and make sure that you share it. Share if, it. If something is encouraging to you or challenges you, we really just want you to share that with someone around you and um, take it to the next level and talk about how it impacts your own life or how you guys can grow in that together. Go through those action questions and steps that we have at the end for you. We really believe that it's going to help you take your next steps. All right. I want everybody to take a moment and think of the thing that makes you feel the most awkward. Go ahead. Like for me, <laughs> there's people who are pointing at each other, which is awesome. But I, what I think about, you ever, you think back, like when you did something like really embarrassing. I, I, I wouldn't say like I get like real embarrassed, but like I remember one time when I was younger, I asked this lady when she was going to give birth. And she wasn't pregnant. And even right now, when I think about it, it makes my stomach hurt so bad. Right. But I love that that happened. To you. I, yeah. And I, yeah, either way, either way. So I want you to think about what makes you feel the most awkward. Um, and just realize that we're going to push past that boundary today. Okay. Cause today we are going to talk about physical intimacy. Um, and we're going to talk about that where, no matter where you're at in life, whether you are single and you're wanting to live a life of purity whether you are married, uh, whatever it might be. But as we talk about relationships in this month, I mean, intimacy is a part of that, physical intimacy especially. And, and it's not something that we should be ashamed of, that we should be scared of, that we should uh, feel super awkward about. And I really want to encourage you parents, uh, if you haven't already clicked off <laughs> and stopped listening, this is huge. I remember in student ministry, when Rachel and I were running student ministry, and we would talk about sex and intimacy, and parents would get mad because they say that their kids, they're, they're not ready for that. Oh, they're being talked to about it. Oh, for sure. Now it's the, the saying is, if you wait till eight, it's too late. Right. The, the average age a kid sees pornography now is eight years old. Now, again, I know that uh, there's a Between lot the that goes into eight, that. Mm -hmm. There's a ton, and you may think, well, there's no way. But the stuff, I mean, our, our daughter, is going, we're, we're going to get going, but our daughter, who's in third grade, I'm almost positive. That's correct. Third grade. Last, last week, she was talking about two girls kissing in class. And, and so third grade, we live in the South. This is not like we live in like some crazy area or anything like that. But either way, physical intimacy in whatever stage you're at in life, it applies to you. Uh, whether you are in a discipleship relationship, whether uh, it's where you're at, how you're personally wrestling with physical intimacy. And I would say we probably all have something somewhere to grow in this area, something we need to do, something we need to help, whatever it looks like. But that is what we're going to talk about today. So let's go ahead and do it this way. Let's start with uh, a little bit of testimony, a little bit of story time. Revelation uh, 11 uh, 12, 11 says we will overcome the enemy 
by the blood of the Lamb, which is Jesus' sacrifice, and the word of our testimony, which is what God has done in our lives. So Rach and I walked two very different paths when it came to physical intimacy when we were growing up. Sex, yes. Yes, uh, yes. I was I was trying to leave the sex work to a little later so that we got them hooked first, uh, uh-huh. but it's too late now. You let mm-hmm. it out of the bag. Um, but, babe, would you talk us about your, your process with that? I was, um, I'm super grateful that I was raised in a home with uh, two parents who were, Um, who followed Jesus, and they taught me about God's original design for sex, that he created sex, that it was designed um, to be used within a marriage um, and between uh, a man and a woman, and that it was not, I'm super, honestly, more grateful than anything. My mom spoke very frankly with me, so I, you know, it was still a little uncomfortable because everybody's uncomfortable about talking about sex, but when it, um, I waited until I was married, you know, I didn't date anybody, um, except Zach. I went on a couple of dates, but really no committed relationship. God called me at 14, spoke to me, asked me to wait until I met my husband, uh, which made me super, um, yeah, really popular people. Guys were just knocking on my door. (laughs) Couldn't wait to date me. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I didn't have sex with anybody but Zach. So, and I'm really grateful because uh, there was no jading for me because the perspective I had been taught by was that sex was a good thing, that um, God made it, he gave it to us. So when I walked into marriage, I really am so grateful. A lot of girls who had waited have really wrestled with not feeling shameful, even having sex with their husband. So I um, that, I just... Like, this is a, a beautiful story. For, I mean, like, for me, my testimony was I chose Jesus, and it was really hard to wait, and I got sent home a lot while we were dating. Um, I wasn't going to tell him that. Oh, well, it, well I was a I, bat. I was, I, I. Um, let me tell you. Find a, find a nice way to say that. Let me tell you about my, uh, where, because my story is different. Mm-hmm. I obviously have amazing, godly parents who, you know, they, they were clear with me about sex. Dad would ask me all the time about, you know, hey, where, how are you doing with lust, pornography, stuff like that. But if I, if I could just be frank with you, whenever I was 9 or 10, I stayed over. I'm going to be vague because my family's pretty public. But I was staying at a, at a family member's house, an extended family member's house. And uh, I remember I was sleeping on the couch, and I laid down, you know, like my arm had kind of, my arm was hanging off the couch. And again, like I said, probably nine. And there was a piece of paper under the couch, and I pulled it out, and it was printed out uh, porn from the internet. And I got down. I'd never seen it before. It was my first time seeing it. And I got down and looked under the couch, and there's hundreds of pages. And I I'm nine. Like I don't know what let's push it past sex. Like, I don't know what masturbate. I don't know what any of that stuff is. Right. I know. I know. Awkward. I know. <laughs> I don't know what any of that means, but I stayed up all night and just looked at it and just looked at it. And I, I didn't know, I didn't know exactly what this meant, but I knew it did something to me inside. Um, and you know, we're, we're actually have a podcast in a couple of weeks with Jessica about not awakening love before it's time. But there was a part of love that was awakened in me. Um, at nine, um, that I, I wasn't ready for. I, I wasn't ready. Um, 
That's weird. I've never really gotten emotional thinking about it. But it opened up a part of love that I could I just couldn't handle it. And so I got really addicted to pornography in the, in the next couple of years and uh, lost my virginity when I was 13. And it was just a real struggle for me. And I, again, like it was, it was so specific. Like I've never tried alcohol. I've never tried any drugs, but for some reason, physical intimacy was just a real stronghold for me. And I think part of it was that moment where it was like, Hey, this thing, this thing like bursted open inside of me. I wasn't ready for it. I didn't know. I didn't know how to comprehend that. And we'll talk about it later, but I, I, I kept that to myself. Like I didn't tell my dad, I didn't say, Hey, I saw, <laughs> I saw this. It makes me feel this way. What do I do with that? I just, you know, cause even at nine, uh, not fully understanding what this is, there's still this shame to it. Mm-hmm. So it's just a weird deal. I don't know why that's impacted me. Um, we're fasting, so I guess that's what it is. Um, but I, I, uh, so for me, it was a different, mm-hmm. uh, it was a different thing. But uh, I do want to tell you, God's a redeemer. Uh, and going back, um, you know, Rachel, uh, you know, we didn't, we dated for a year. We didn't kiss. That was the decision that she had made with God, and I wanted to honor that. And uh, but after we got engaged, we were allowed to kiss. And uh, Rachel thought she would make up for lost time. And uh, there were many nights, uh, and just this crazy deal where uh, there were many nights where I was, I was like, "Hey, you got, you really need to leave. You need to go." Um, and uh, and I would walk her out to her car, and 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 she would go home. But uh, that's a year of doing things like that, of of telling Rachel, "Hey, we're." We're so close, you know. We're we're right here, and I, I just tell you that this wasn't necessarily a part of the plan. But um, if you're in a spot, uh, you just feel like you're in bondage, you know. You're just overwhelmed, and I don't know why. I just feel this burden. Um, this is just a hard one. So maybe. It's pornography, or maybe you feel uh, you feel abandoned by your spouse, or whatever it might be. Um, God is a restorer. There's no question, and so this is a gift from God that the enemy likes to take, like he does with so many other things, whether it's relationships or marriage or your purpose or whatever it is. He likes to take it and distort it and twist it. Um, but God's a restorer. So whether you've been abused or whether you believe the lie or whatever it is, uh, our God is a creating God. That means he's a recreating God. So that means that he can, wherever you're at, he can bring purity. Wherever you're at, he can bring restoration. And so we came at intimacy from different places. Mm-hmm. We came at it um, and, uh, and so we'll, we'll share stats, different things like that with you. Uh, but we just want to make clear, no matter where you came from, that God's got a great plan uh, for you in the future if you'll surrender and submit this part of your life for, uh, to him because the world offers a fake intimacy. Uh, but God, uh, God's uh, word and God's plan and God's purpose for your life offers not a fake, but it offers a freedom uh, that the world can't match.
And so just, just to give you some, some, uh, just, uh, some stats that impacted uh, me, you know, when you think about physical intimacy, one of the major things, especially for men, but men and women, that comes up is porn. And 60% of men who view porn feel lonely or isolated. 74% of men who view porn feel insecure. 74% of men who view porn are less satisfied with uh, their sex lives. And so that's just, it's just a major one that I think a lot of people think about. But the stats bear out that it's a fake. The, the, the stats bear out that it's not, it's not real freedom. You know, mm-hmm. you talk about a sexual revolution, which Rachel, is she, she studied it. She's a little more educated than, than me on that. Um, but I can tell you from a, a man's perspective that I've bought these fakes, and, man, that's exactly what they are. And just like a fake purse or fake sunglasses, they fall apart and they fray and they fade. And it's not, it's not the freedom that God uh, designed for. So, Rachel, when it comes to a, a woman's perspective, uh, across the board, because uh, there's some foundational things that we struggle with. What would you say are some of the fakes that women buy when it comes to intimacy? Well, I think um, one of the things is we women are now, this is not just pornography, it's not just an addiction for men, but women are just as engaged, um, becoming more so in pornography, um, believing that it will educate us in how to have sex, believing um, that it is an accurate representation of what sex should look like. Um, And so uh, there's this idea that if I can perform sexually, and this tends to be like the root, if I perform sexually for this person, then I will get the emotional um, validation and connection that I so desperately want. And um, that is, sex is really supposed to be, um, when it's within a marriage, a culmination of unity. It is um, something that happens as a result of intimacy, you know, and thankfully, like when we know God, that's a spiritual intimacy, there's um, an emotional intimacy, and then this physical intimacy kind of um, rounds some of that out. You know, that's why you have makeup sex. (laughs) You know, if you really think about it, there's been disunity in uh, your relationship. And when there's unity brought back, there's um, emotional, relational unity, then sex is a result of that. And so for women, we tend to, um, you know, we'll hook up and and say, okay, well, maybe this will be the guy and this will satisfy me for a moment. Um, You know, women have just as many sexual urges as men do. Um, They women like sex too and we're they're looking for satisfaction as well um but it's interesting studies show that women um consistently it's found following um one night stands and hookups that women are more likely than men to experience regret low self-esteem and mental distress so when we're in an effort to be satisfied to feel wanted to feel validated we are left with the opposite of that, not loving ourselves, not valuing ourselves, um, and feeling badly. Yeah. And, and something that we're going to continue to talk about during this, you know, cause this, when you, when you think about intimacy, you know, one of the, a lot of, one of the big things in our culture right now is, uh, same sex attraction and, uh, transgender and things like that. And, 
you know, you may have someone in your life who's a believer who is in those places, and what's the response, you know? Because you, you, you may feel comfortable, because those things might make you uncomfortable, but whenever you may feel comfortable telling somebody who is like, say, like uh, the, you know, the opposite attract mm-hmm. sex attract, mm-hmm. however you would say it, but you, you may look at that and say, well, you just got to, you have to walk in purity, which is true. You got to walk in purity. And if that's something you really desire, you got to wait for God to give it to you. Um, but I always want to be really conscious and clear. And we'll, and I'll tell some stories in the podcast later this month um, that this is something that, because there, there's a lot of uh, same-sex, um, or sorry, uh, yeah, same-sex attracted people who are Christians. And, you know, part of what they're walking through is not different than any struggle that sin. A straight person, that's right. Yeah, that you might have. Uh, but I, I would tell you, as as I've had people in my group that walk that way, there is a what I would consider a despair in their life whenever they have to decide, am I going to honor God and never satiate these desires, or am I going to walk in, you know, biblically the the fake mm-hmm. of purity outside of the bounds that God has set. Because the bounds are not set by Zach and Rachel. You know, the biblical definition of, of, of marriage is between one man and one woman. Um, you know, it's not a government deal. It's, it's a God deal like we talked about last week. Um, but that purity, that life of purity, you know, uh, which again, purity and righteousness are, are huge. But in Matthew 5, you know, it says, you know, it, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. And when it comes to, I, I was saying intimacy a lot, Rachel, you know, chimed in there with the sex word, but, uh, you know, because that's what it is. It's a desire to be filled. It's a desire to be wanted. It's a desire to, uh, it's a desire to uh, perform for somebody else. It's all these things, but it's a desire to be there for somebody, for this, this, this space in our hearts to be complete. And I, I just want to tell you that, that God does have what you need. No matter what, whether you're a student fighting for purity, whether you are a, a married person trying to try, trying to get on the same page with your husband or wife, whether you're a same-sex attractive person and you're, you're processing, oh, my gosh, is this, do I not get to have this? Is this, you know, is, is, is that not it? And so I just want to make sure and cover, and which, again, it's, it's one of those easy preaching, hard living, mm-hmm. you know, but when Jesus goes through the Beatitudes, you know, when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, for that purity, for God's presence, we will be filled. And when he says we will be filled, that that there there's not a desire, there's not a there's not a place in our lives that he can't be what we need. Well, and, and God's clear and we can um we just want you to know you may not agree with everything that we talk about today. Um and so even if you don't agree with us or Hey, you want it, you're wrestling. We just hope you hear how deeply God loves you. No matter what your desires are, no matter what addiction you find yourself in, no matter what has been done to you or what you have experienced, God loves you so deeply and longs for a relationship with you. And experiencing something doesn't put you in sin. Desire alone does not put you in sin. And um, so whether that is, this is something that Zach and I are honestly like, I'm so grateful 
uh, that God said, hey, like his, Zach and I have talked really openly, like just within our marriage and and publicly as we've walked through this together and um, learned to love each other and with intimacy that his desire to look at pornography doesn't put him in sin. So your desire um, sexually for somebody isn't where the sin is. It's the step after it. And so God says sex is designed to be between one man and one woman within the covenant of marriage. And everything outside of that is sin. So, um, you know, when you're looking at pornography, whether you're a married man or a single man, a married woman or a single woman, you are in sin. And if we can just for a second notate, hey, when Zach talks about addiction to pornography, that is not... That is, that is not a term we choose to use lightly, um, that more than likely, if you find yourself in that place, not only do other people need to walk with you so that you can experience deliverance, you, prob- you pro- might need some counseling, probably need some counseling to partner with you, especially if you're married, what that can do in your marriage, um, the brokenness that can um, just in your relationship, having somebody who knows who can walk with you and love you so that you can uh, walk in healing. It's so uh, important. So we uh, are really just, I'm grateful that God's good and he's kind and he designed sex and we get to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's, that's super cool. Right. It could just simply be for procreation. um, And uh, thankfully, you know, it's not just for that. That's right. So, Hey, um, we, we won't, we won't keep you. I know you're, some of you guys never got over that awkward uh, stage at the beginning. Oh, that's uh, hilarious. 20 minutes ago. Uh, but let me give you an action step. Let me give you an equipping step because, again, what we desire most is to equip you uh, to walk in your purpose so that you can win your world. That's your calling. Your, your purpose is to grow the kingdom of heaven, so we want to help you. Um, and and your, your soul health, which your intimacy is a massive part of that. Um, let me give you this action step. Let me give you this verse. This is in Matthew and in Luke. But I'll read Luke eleven thirty four. The eye is a lamp of your body. When your eye is clear, the whole body is also full of light. But when the eye is bad, your body is full of darkness. So let me ask you, are you letting darkness in? Are you making compromises? One of the things we say here about winning your world is we win with character, not compromise. Are you compromising on what you're watching? Um, are you compromising on what you're listening to? Are you compromising on the people that you hang out with or what you know that person wants or doesn't want? Are you compromising by not meeting your husband's or wife's needs? Because uh, I think it's, it's God-honored to consider the needs of your spouse and meet them, especially if you're wanting them to meet your needs, right? But let me ask you something for you to reflect on and something for you to act on. Are there things that you're laying into the lamp of your body that are filling you with darkness, that are pushing to you to a place where you are wanting the world to fill your intimacy instead of Matthew 5, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled? I know this is an easy topic, but we love you and we're grateful. And I pray that this helps you. Uh, students and young adults, we are praying for you. This is not an easy time to walk in purity, not an easy time to walk in character but you can do it. Our God's a restorer. Our God loves you. He wants to be near you, and he wants to use you to win your world. Uh, We're so grateful for you. We'll see you next week.